Good evening, and welcome back to another episode of Friday Night Fireside Chats. I am your host, Roy, and if you are new here, welcome. This podcast is a time and place for you to slow down and unwind from your week and reflect on some topics at a relaxed pace. The topics are generally focused on growth, self-inquiry, and self-understanding. And for today's topic, I would like to talk about maturity and responsibility, inspired by some recent thoughts that I've had uh, after journaling. Now, the inspiration for this topic came from a free associative journal exercise that I did. And with the help of, strangely, uh, the pandemic, I have been more aware of my level of motivation, the amount of discipline that I have or lack thereof, depending on the time. And if you would like to check out the first episode that I did on patience, discipline, and consistency, you can find that uh, on episode one. But what I quickly realized is that doing this sort of work that I do, uh, working as a therapist, being an entrepreneur, it's very new for me. I started doing more of this entrepreneurial work I would say probably late 2018 was when I really started putting my hands to work. And it wasn't until early 2020, right around the time that the pandemic hit, that I put together a website and officially launched it back in March. And so all of this is pretty recent and I'm taking some time to give myself a bit of grace and understanding there because I think I tend to be a lot more critical of myself as I imagine many people can relate to, especially the phrase of artists being their own worst critic and it's, it's definitely something, being your own boss. I am seeing how it really reveals a lot quite quickly. Because prior to this, everything that I did besides hobbies was mostly for, for somebody else. So just using the example of work and to a degree schooling, it was always 
somebody else who is providing the directive. Okay, I want you to do this. I have these assignments for you to complete. I have these tasks that I need you to get completed by this time. And on it goes. Now that's helpful in a way because I think sometimes there's times in our lives where we actually like being told what to do because there's there's that sense of directive I'm thinking of moments where there's a disaster or some traumatic event in a large group of people sometimes it can be really helpful for a person to take charge in that situation. So let's say somebody is at a family gathering and um, let's say they injure themselves badly. Maybe they cut themselves badly or they bang their head against something, but there, there's some pretty significant damage to their body. Now, many of the family members might respond in a way of shock, of like, oh my goodness, like we need to we need to do something, or some people might be so shocked they don't know what to do. In that moment, it can be helpful when a family member takes charge and says, okay, I need I need you to go and call an ambulance. I need you to grab me some ice or I need you to grab me some band-aids or a tourniquet. When somebody can take charge in that situation, the other people feel, one, that they're useful, that they can actually take some practical action in a situation that otherwise might have left them in shock. And I'm applying that example to work and responsibility because if somebody else is telling you what you need to do at your job, there's certainly a lot more clarity and not oftentimes moments where you're wondering, Okay, what should I be doing? Should I organize this? Do you want me to do this? Do you want me to do that? Usually, if it's a well-organized, good working environment, there's a clear task at hand for you to be doing. I think one other advantage of working for somebody else, being told what to do, is that there's a certain degree of responsibility that you can offload onto coworkers or your boss. From personal experience, I would say it doesn't always feel good. It doesn't always feel good to put the blame on somebody else or to complain about what is not working well at work 
I'm very familiar with that feeling. And sometimes there's just a sense of powerlessness or helplessness because I'm not in the position to decide what is good for the company or not and what to change. That's at the mercy of the higher ups. And even if I offer feedback, it, it can be completely dismissed and has been the case in the past. And so I have to make a decision of how much longer I'm willing to stay there if there are some compromises that I need to make or am I going to get ready to leave as I look for another job or in this case go all in for being an entrepreneur and building and creating a vision that I have instead of pouring all my efforts into somebody else's visions that I may or may not agree with. But at the very least, working for somebody, there's a certain, I guess, a strange type of, strange type of entitlement that comes from complaining and putting blame on other people. Overall, it's not helpful at all, in my opinion. But in the moment, and especially with other coworkers who are more, we're just the grunt workers, we're in the trenches, there's a certain amount of bonding in those situations. And I imagine there's many people who can resonate with what that feels like to be in the trenches and have other coworkers, you all are putting out the fires that the higher ups might never hear about or care to hear about. And there's a certain level of camaraderie you build with your coworkers. And some of those moments, even as I think back to them, I have some fond memories. I think it illustrated to all of us our capacity to adapt to be innovative and to really respond in a way that was based on teamwork and supporting each other. And so those moments I'm very grateful for. But one issue that I see with this is that myself, my coworkers, individually, collectively, can get stuck in a cycle of complaining or offloading our frustrations in a vent session collectively, perfectly understandable. And it can only go for so long from my own point of view. Because if, if we're just the grunt workers, we're at the mercy of those who are higher up and there's not much that we can do to change the culture of the company because the higher-ups are the ones who are setting the tone, then back to my earlier point, we all have to make a decision. You know, do we just, do we need to stay in this job? For some, maybe yes. For some, maybe no. Um, 
and that's up to each individual person to decide. But I think the unhealthy factor of being stuck in cycles of complaining and venting is that it's it's a temporary and ultimately illusory sense that you're you're entitled or empowered in a certain situation while the entitlement feels real the empowerment is not because you can only complain so much and you you're back at square one of how much longer do I want to stay here how much longer am I willing to suffer in these circumstances or do I need to ask some hard questions of what I'm what am I willing to do to get out of it and now experiencing myself as an entrepreneur which I would have not imagined for uh, let's just say even yeah say five years ago I would not have imagined this um, being my own boss has revealed a lot especially in this time of the pandemic it has revealed where I lack maturity responsibility and discipline and I don't say that in a way to knock myself or put myself down it's just a very simple and realistic and honest reflection of yes I see it and this time and I think this is the whole cost benefits analysis because if I think back to when I was still working in a inpatient psych hospital there there's this back and forth that I have of you know what I'm leaving I swear I'm leaving I'm gonna leave tomorrow I'm gonna put in my two-week notice and then in another part being like yeah but what will you do then you you won't have steady income you won't have health benefits the same health benefits and um, yeah like you don't even know if you're gonna you know you're gonna do well in this area of being an entrepreneur and your own boss and I think that's where some of the some of the turmoil was and why it might have taken me longer to make the switch because I think quite often I I'm more of the risk-averse type of person although that is something I'm also beginning to challenge and grow within myself is to be able to face risks and take risks but knowing myself and how I'm generally more risk averse that's why it took more time and now being my own boss I can no longer rely on that excuse of complaining or airing out my frustrations and venting because there's no one else to 
vent about. And I'm smiling as I say this because it's, I don't know, there's a certain degree of humor in that realization. It's like, I can't blame anybody but myself. I'm 100% responsible for where I'm falling short. I'm 100% responsible if I'm not um, creating content because I'm the one who's creating the content. And I'm 100% responsible for not being connected because I'm the one who is responsible for doing the networking. There's nobody else to do the networking for me. And certainly not being at a point where I would consider hiring staff. That's If that is something within my future that is somewhere later, later down the road. Couple years probably. So it's all on me. And this realization has been been a gift. Ultimately has been a gift. But it's also brought up some rather sensitive feelings. Especially that of feeling small uh, or impotent. And I think that's that's something very particular to men, in my opinion. It's particularly seeing as my the focus of my work as a therapist is men's issues and helping men reclaim their masculine power. If you want to learn more about that, you can visit my website, www.sacredwildman.com. But as a man, I think there's something deeply important and embedded in our very DNA of being self-sufficient, a self-determined man who can support himself, who can take the visions and dreams that he has in his mind and build them into reality with his hands. And so when I look at maturity and responsibility and seeing the visions and dreams that I have for building a business, which is ultimately about living a certain life purpose or a mission, what I want to offer the world, the gift, the unique that I, gift that I have to offer to the world. When I look at those dreams and visions paired with what I see now, where it's, you know, there's a little bit, there's a little sapling that is poked out of the soil, but sometimes it even feels like there's no sapling at all. It's just, I'm just looking at dry soil and a seed is planted, but I have no idea if it's even growing. Kind of back to the first episode on patience and discipline, I talk about that more. But when I look at those two images and compare them, it's, it's sometimes really easy to become discouraged. And in those moments, that motivation, responsibility can take a dip and I find myself distracted, distracted with 
YouTube, social media, oh, what are other people doing, or reading books but not finishing any of them, starting multiple books but not finishing any one of them, here and there doing some video games, it, it creates that feeling of being very small and impotent, of like, gosh, I have this idea, I have these dreams, not even had past tense, but no, I have these dreams and visions, and they aren't here yet, and man, that sucks. And it's a very unpleasant feeling. And I see that a lot with the men that I work with. Oftentimes there is this theme of, man, I, I want to do this thing, but I can't, or, or there's some block, or maybe it's not happening as fast as I want it to. And in those moments of being rather down, that's where the maturity and responsibility piece can sink a bit. And uh, the temptation I've noticed for me is to give in to that kind of stagnant, stuck, place of operating and the longer that goes the more I'm aware that that simply doesn't sit well with me there's something in me that that can't accept that in a way of, yep, this is just how my life will be for the rest of my life, which I want to distinguish between acceptance of a felt experience. So in this case, the feeling down, the feeling impotent, and the fading of maturity and responsibility I can accept those as current experiences rather than see them as, oh, they shouldn't be here, or I don't want to deal with them. I can accept those things, but there's also something within me that is not willing to accept the kind of throwing in the towel of, oh, this is just how the rest of my life will be. Um, okay, well, I guess I'll just, you know, watch some entertainment and, um, yeah, I just try to enjoy my life like that. That doesn't sit well with me. There, there's something else um, deep within me. And it feels like more this masculine energy of, you know, I, I want to penetrate into the world. Right? So the, the phallus, the erect and creative potential pushing itself into the world to create and birth something to spread its seed if you will I'm um, using that analogy which I think 
isn't just an analogy, but there's some energetic truth to it, not just in male anatomy, but just the energy that men embody. And this is where I think it keeps coming back to patience and discipline. These are the same themes that keep coming up for me in this time. And this is really where I think I and others who find themselves in this similar place, it's really an opportunity to see what we are truly made of. And it takes that grit, it takes that elbow grease, it takes doing that mundane shit that nobody probably will ever even see or hear about or even know that you're doing. And it's a very, I think, unappreciated thing. It's very not glorious, no flashing lights or colors. Nobody there to pat you on the back, perhaps other than people who are the closest to you and see you on this journey. It, it can get very lonely. And I think there's something to be said about being able to accept that that is a necessary pain and being able to build one's discipline and to really grow into maturity and responsibility. Again, thinking back to the two people I mentioned in that first episode, David Goggins and Jocko Willink, you know, extreme ownership and this very passionate line that Goggins said of I had to grind myself into a fine powder to get to the other side but this is all years and years of that hard work and years and years of that work that nobody ever sees you don't get a pat on the back about nobody else is appreciating it it's really in that lonely place where I think a person learns to build that type of maturity and responsibility. And I don't know if it always gets easier. I think it probably does over time. Uh, but I'm, I'm still aware of those moments where I... I want to be taken care of. It feels nice to be taken care of. And that seems to hearken to a younger part of me, which I, which I know that we all have. It might be more present in some other people than others, but there's always this inner child within us. And that's often the place and source of our creativity, our playfulness, spontaneity, and our personality. And I don't see that as something that needs to be gotten rid of. I think that's always, you know, this inner child is an archetype that will 
always be with us within our psyche. At the same time, there's there's a time to grow up. There's a time to grow up and leave the care of your family, leave the systems or communities that have been around you, and to really go on that individual journey to discover who you are, your potential, what you want to offer the world. And that's when you have to be the one to take care of yourself. That's where the adult self comes in. So the adult self and the child self, you're nurturing and exercising both at the same time. You tap into your creativity and your spirit, playfulness, spontaneity in the inner child, younger self, but you also need to build up your adult self, the one who can implement structure, discipline, and provide a container. And there's a Shaolin monk who I believe is the head teacher at the Shaolin temple in Germany. And he, but he goes by the name Master Shi Hung Yi. And he said something pretty profound for me in an interview where he spoke about discipline and that if you don't know what the borders are, you don't know what true freedom is. And when he spoke about the borders, he was referring to the borders that discipline can provide. So the border of you wake up at the same time every day for however long of a time. You go to bed at the same time of day for however long a time. You do these same routines. So in their case, martial arts practices, internal martial arts, time for eating, time for meditating. It's very regimented. And those are the borders that that discipline creates and it's the more i think about it it's very grueling a process very mundane but there's there's something there about this power of discipline to smooth out your rough edges and also to be Speaking of a border, also, you know, a, a certain fire within that border that really melts away what is not serving a person for their higher purpose. So be that laziness or indulgence. And as those things burn and melt away, then true maturity and responsibility are birthed forward. And when a person can be fully 
in their maturity and responsibility for all aspects of their lives, I think that's where then that true freedom comes and the fruits of one's labor really manifest. And so being your own boss is a great way to quickly reveal that. Being being single uh, is a great way to reveal that. Uh, yeah, I think being single, being your own boss, that's probably some of the key ingredients to really putting yourself in front of an honest mirror because it's no longer anybody else. It's, it's all you. And that's something I'm definitely seeing in myself more clearly in this time. And that's all I have for y'all for today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it and that there are some things that stood out to you that will be supportive and beneficial to you in your journey of developing and discovering who you are, your highest potential, and what you have and want to offer to the world. If you enjoyed this podcast, I invite you to share it with others who you feel would benefit. And if you would like to learn more about the work that I do and support the work that I do, you can visit my website, www.sacredwildman.com. You'll find links to learn more about the work that I do, some blogs and resources, and also a link to donate if you would like to support me in that way. And with that, I wish you all a good night.